You're tuned in to the thinking Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Featuring author, speaker, and minister, Michael Nimmons. Hello and welcome to the Boss Up edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Uh, and we've got a great show in store for you. Uh, we're interviewing a best-selling author, uh, Tam R. Luck, who's written uh, 12 Boss Up uh, bestseller books uh, that deal with female empowerment uh, and entrepreneurship. We're going to be talking uh, with her in just a little bit. Men don't have to have all the, the, the end goal and everything written out. They'll get into action not even knowing all the information. Women will second guess themselves forever, think about it too long, talk themselves out of it, think as you have something's wrong with them, right? When they could have been, so men will get to a seven figures in their business without even knowing half the information. You see? So did you need to be smart to do that? No, right? So what I need for women to do is just boss up. <laughs> it's time, 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 for the Thinking Out Loud radio show, you never have it on lock. You don't have your husband on lock. You don't have your wife on lock. You don't have your career on lock. You don't have your child on lock. You don't have your mama on lock. You don't ever have anything on lock. That's why you gotta celebrate people while you have them. You have to love them while you got them. You gotta pour into them while they're there. You don't have it on lock. Somebody is after your job right now. Somebody's after your spouse right now. Somebody's after your house right now. Somebody's after your position right now. Never fall into complacency and think that you are so wonderful that you're just being there is all that's required. No, 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 no. Complacency will not do it. You have got to put some grind in it, some sweat into it, some work into it. That's why you don't need too many it's. Because every it you take on is going to take something from you. It's going to give something to you, but it's going to take something from you. And there may not be enough of you to handle all the places you said yes to. And you've got to be able to evaluate. Am I a a pint-sized container with a gallon-sized appetite?
Hello and welcome to the Boss Up edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I'm your host, author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nimmons. You're tuned in to the show that's giving voice to issues that matter to you. I want to welcome you to, again, the Boss Up edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Uh, and we've got a great show in store for you. Uh, we're interviewing a best-selling author, uh, Tam R. Luck, who's written uh, 12 Boss Up uh, bestseller books uh, that deal with female empowerment uh, and entrepreneurship. We're going to be talking uh, with her in just a little bit. And uh, that's why we're calling again this the Boss Up edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. So, ladies, we are... Uh, talking to you in this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show and sharing with you a powerful interview with, again, best-selling author and speaker uh, and entrepreneur, Tam R. Luck. But guys, uh, we got something for you too as well. Uh, this show is going to be power packed and uh, a lot of things we're going to be sharing with you. But before we get into any of that, I uh, want to talk about a lot of things going on, obviously, but I uh, want to talk about what's recently happened uh, in the, the political sphere with uh, former President Donald Trump and the seizure of the classified uh, documents that he uh, absconded or stolen from the White House uh, when he uh, lost in November of 2020. And um, just a few days ago, I'm sure you already know that the FBI uh, had a uh, search warrant to retrieve those documents. It was uh, authorized by Attorney General Merrick Garland. So this was not uh, something that was um, thrown together or, uh, I believe, put together at the last minute. I believe this is something that has been in the works for a while. And... Um, I believe that the, the, the Biden administration, in conjunction with the Justice Department, is, is um, you know, they have a strategy in place, and, um, you know, this is a part of it. Somebody asked me a little while ago, you know, what is going to ultimately be the end game for uh, Donald Trump? Uh, what's going to happen to him with all of this litigation that's being levied against him? Uh, is he going to jail? You know, what is going to be the penalty, the punishment for all of this? And I began to think about it. And um, I, 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 you know, I, I think it's bigger than just him going to jail or, you know, being convicted of a crime, a federal crime. I really believe that uh, they're trying to build a case uh, to disqualify him from running for president in 2024 because much of his uh, his desire I mean that that that's a big deal for him I believe I, I think that would be far worse than him being convicted of a felon and actually going to jail him not being able to run for president in 2024 um, that is um, 
I, I believe that's really what they're working towards. And I and that, that was my initial thought. And I ran across an article, and you know, there there you know, I'm looking looking for there. There's my confirmation uh, news agency called the Heal, uh, a article that was uh, written uh, on August the first. Can Trump be disqualified from running for president? A very poignant question that the Hill asked. And, um, you know, it, it goes on to say when a squadron of FBI agents armed with a search warrant invaded former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago home on Monday, many wondered whether this was wasn't handwriting on the wall for an eventual indictment. Republicans in virtual lockstep formation called the search and seizure federal government overreach and denounced the action as the politicization of the Justice Department. So, of course, uh, Republicans are trying to, uh, you know, make the, the, the villain in all of this uh, the, the Justice Department. And uh, they're saying that the Justice Department has weaponized the federal government by, uh, you know, searching the former president's residency uh, for these classified documents, retrieving them. Uh, and, you know, the, 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 this again is uh, their hobby horse. They are trying to play the victim role in all of this, along with, you know, their, the, 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 uh, long, along with former President Donald Trump, who's used this hobby horse for as long as he's been president uh, and uh, since he has left office. And so he, he went once this raid took place, he even tweeted out some things trying to, of course, perpetuate this lie that, you know, he's been victimized and that, you know, he is the one that um, that, that the government is is after. And of course, you know, he we all know that this is. A cash grab is all um, an effort to solicit more more funds from his uh, growing uh, followers across the country, his supporters, uh, the Trumpsters or the trumpet, the trumpets or whatever you want to call these these idiots uh, who think that the election was stolen from Donald Trump, but it wasn't stolen. But for me. In, in, in this article, um, you know, of course, many of you are asking the question, you know, can a former president who is charged or con and convicted of a felon run for office? And so this article goes on to say. This article asks a question that's on the minds of many of you, including myself. Can Trump really be disqualified if convicted? Only in the court of public opinion, indictment and even conviction of a felony is no ground for disqualification of someone for running for president. Eugene Debs ran for president four times in the early 1900s and was a candidate while in jail. So did John Gordon and a federal court approved his eligibility to these two, of course, never uh, eventually won the presidency, but they were still able to run for president of the United States. 
The Constitution in Article 2, Section 1, according to this article, Clause 5, provides the qualifications for president, and that clause does not preclude felons, insurrectionists, or document removers. And so, at least on the surface, it appears as if, even if convicted, uh, Donald Trump can still run for the presidency. But, of course, who would want that who would want to run for president with that uh, that specter of uh, 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 that that specter of the um, of criminal or criminality over your head, you know, running for the highest office in the land? Uh, so, but but the the part that is most telling for me in this article is this. Trump is 76 years old. Presumably presumably, he does not want to go to jail. Will he seek a plea bargain where he consents to a decree that he never again hold public office? The article says idle speculation only time will tell. But I believe this is a plausible plausible um scenario that may play out because again he is 76 years old does not want to go to jail if he is convicted and um you know all things being considered will he seek uh, a plea bargain where he consents to a decree that he never again hold public office and this will would, would put to bed his run for presidency in 2024 and uh, it might ultimately uh, you know end all of the insurrectionists and, and the Trumpsters and the Trumpism that has uh, you know risen to its heights these past couple of years who knows but I did want to just um, uh, mention that because that is I believe a plausible scenario uh, when you think about what could be possible um, if if all of this comes to a head because there's a lot of litigation out there his name of course he's been prosecuted on um, several different levels uh, none of which uh, have really amounted to uh, amounted to much uh, at this particular time but this being probably the most serious offense of them all uh, including the in, including inciting a riot on the uh, the capital and so um, the end game could possibly be that the White House the law the Justice Department um, you know offers him a plea deal that he will not go to jail if he decrees that he would never again hold public office and so that is something to think about. That is something to think about. In fact, I'm going to also put this as a question in, uh, in a poll, as a question, as a part of this podcast for those that are, uh, you know, listening. I want to know what your thoughts are. Could the Justice Department actually be looking at this as a possibility? I mean, I, again, I think that him not running for president is what we all would like, uh, but uh, him avoiding jail is something that he would definitely uh, like as well. In order to do that, he would have to decree 
um, via plea bargain that he would never hold public office again. So we all are going to be watching to see how this plays out. But I want to put the question out there. What do you think? Do you think this is a plausible scenario, a plausible outcome of all of this uh, prosecutorial litigation against former President Donald Trump? I want to know your thoughts and uh, you can, you know, um, uh, Put them in the comments of this podcast episode or post them on our Facebook page or DM us or send us an email at contact at michaelnemons.com. We'd love to know what you think about all of this. A lot of, Again, a lot to talk about, a lot to unpack, but we're not going to do it in this episode. As I said earlier, we've got a great show in store for you. Tam R. Luck, a best-selling author, speaker, and entrepreneur, is with us in the Boston up edition of the thinking out loud radio show we had an amazing conversation and i can't wait to share that with you in just a little bit in addition to uh tam's um interview we have a uh dynamic and inspirational uh word from uh none other than the incomparable incredible bishop td jakes uh he has so much wisdom and and um and and thought-provoking knowledge to share uh i i I just wanted to include that in this episode it is a powerful excerpt uh that deals with purpose and life And I want to share that with you guys as a part of our thought of the week. And you can hear that at the end of this week's show. Well, guys, we're getting ready to take a break. But when we come back, we're jumping right into my interview with best-selling author and entrepreneur and speaker, Tam R. Luck. You don't want to go anywhere. You're tuned in to one of the hottest radio shows online. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Hello, my name is Maya Nimmons, and I want you to listen to my dad, Michael Nimmons, on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Every Tuesday at 8 p.m., available everywhere you listen to your podcast, and now available on the Detroit Praise Network website. You better listen to that little girl, the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Author and professor, Dr. Peniel Joseph. You don't have to be Team Malcolm or Team Martin. I think you should be both, you know? So I think the black community needs both. I think that King is much more revolutionary and radical than the public perceives him to be. And I think Malcolm is, is a much more um, brilliant and, and, and um, courageous individual who can be radically pragmatic and revolutionarily pragmatic to save black lives while trying to defeat white supremacy than people give him credit for. So um, that's why I try to show Malcolm is absolutely this prosecuting attorney, but he's also a black America statesman too. He's going to the Middle East, he's going to Africa, um, he's schooling the young Cassius Clay before he's Muhammad Ali on what Africa means, you know, what his identity means. So. I think I put them together because I thought there was much more convergence than divergence. And I think when you frame them the other way, you hurt um, understanding of the movement. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts. 
Only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Refined, rebranded, reinvented, reinvigorated, revived. The new MichaelNimmons.com website is finally here. And believe me, it's worth the wait. A state-of-the-art website where you can listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast, watch Thinking Out Loud TV, read the Thinking Out Loud blog, purchase books and swag, and so much more. Subscribe today and get a free gift on us. Stop by the new MichaelNimmons.com. It is sure to be a thought-provoking working experience. What is up, beautiful people? It's your girl, Lex Devine, in the building, kicking it with yours truly, Michael Nimmons, on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. All right, y'all, stay tuned. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's a Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. All right, guys, we are back, and I am just so, so very excited to have a very special guest with us on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Let me first give a special, special shout-out to Dr. Pam Perry for setting up this uh, this interview with this special uh, guest that we have on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Uh, but before we jump into the interview, I want to give her a proper introduction. She's a best-selling author, speaker, and entrepreneur with over two decades of work under her belt, helping women from all walks of life achieve their goals. Her list of accomplishments are massive as well as impressive, uh, featured on Fox, The Washington Post, CBS, Daily Tribune, NBC, just to name a few. She's also built a six-figure business in less than a year. And these, again, are just a few of her accomplishments. I want you to give a warm Thinking Out Loud radio show welcome to new friend of the show, best-selling author, speaker, and entrepreneur, Tam R. Luck. Welcome to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, Tam. I'm so excited to be here. I appreciate that warm welcome. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to, uh, you know, to have this conversation. I am too. Thank you again so much for uh, carving time out of your busy schedule. Uh, I know you are very busy and uh, being able to just catch your breath is a, probably a good thing. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and so, as I said, I want to thank, uh, Dr. Pam Perry, who's also been a guest on the thinking out loud radio show for making the connection and, um, and really setting this up for us. But as we do, and it is our routine with all of our guests that are new to the show, we want you to tell us about yourself. You know, thank you so much. So I have uh, been, I've been a side hustling entrepreneur uh, for most of my entrepreneurial journey. My parents were entrepreneurs. I learned how to 
hustle. If you, as you say, my parents were both, my mom did not, neither one of them had degrees, but my dad was really good at sales. Mm. And my mom started a hair salon at home uh, when we were little, because that seemed to, for her to be the, the, the solution to making sure that she can take care of her own children. Uh, she was a very good hairstylist, very busy salon at, at home. And then when she met my dad, my stepdad, you know, she saw that he was an incredible salesperson. Uh, he was the, the manager of a home room, a home, um, a, uh, the call center. So she talked him into starting this home improvement business and together in the eighties and nineties. And I was floored to watch this happening. Cause I watched my parents go from my mom bought her own house before she got married, which was enough enough. I was, I thought that was impressive, but together they just built an amazing business. And that's what I wanted. I wanted, wow, I can work with my husband. I can be home with my kids. I mean, I wanted that lifestyle, especially two black people from the Midwest. We're from Ohio and you know, there, I can't imagine him knocking on doors and doing what he did. So my background started there just based on seeing two loving people making it as black people. Um, and I just wanted that lifestyle. So I struggled for many years trying to figure it out. I went to college. I did all kinds of businesses. A lot of them didn't work uh, or some worked for a little while and I failed, but because I saw that image, I never stopped. So it took me a long time. Actually, my business didn't start going to after my mom passed away, which is interesting, uh, which is a whole nother story. Wow. And and I what I gather from you is that, you know, the the first the first thing I, I gather was seeing the seeing the example your parents set for you uh, motivated you to want that for yourself. And the second thing. Uh, I saw or I see rather is that that motivated you so much that you were willing to try and fail, fail and try, fail and try, try and fail till you got to the point where you did, uh, you were successful, you were able to succeed and, and get to a point where, according to your bio, you built a six-figure business in less than a year, right? Yeah. So this, and now it's gone on to be even higher. We're getting closer to seven figures, um, which is amazing because, uh, watching my parents, like, I think I'll tell you this story. I remember my parents were, they were, business was going, they were doing so well. They were starting to get well-known. They moved from Cincinnati where I grew up in the suburbs up to a town called Middletown because it was in between Dayton and Cincinnati so that they can run their business. Well, because they're, even though their business was making a lot of money, they were getting turned down over and over and over again for financing. I remember them asking, trying to get a house, trying to get financing, couldn't get it. 13 times they got turned down. Okay. Mm. Now, why were they getting turned down? In my opinion, it was because they were melanated and they were getting turned down for all the other reasons that we know the people get people of color get turned down. But the thing that I also noted is they didn't stop. So every single time I think about stopping, I think about the 13 times my parents got turned down for that loan. Right. And they, and 13th time they said, yes. 
So I always wondered, how do they have the fortitude? How do they have the stick to How do they know not to stop? And, uh, and that's what I try to, to do myself. Yeah, that is, that is awesome. I mean, you know, you, you saw that, that image and of your parents as entrepreneurs and that motivated you to continue to try. And for some people, you know, it's the trying and failing that, that trips them up or that causes them to stop and quit. And I was, I just looked up something, uh, a quote uh, from Michael Jordan. He said, I missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games, 20 times. I've been, uh, I've been trusted to take the game winning shot and missed. I failed over and over and over again in my life. And that is why I succeed. Yes. And that is a very powerful, powerful statement. And it seems to me that you almost have to be willing to fail in order to succeed. You agree with that? Yeah. You know, it's part of the, it's part of the secret formula actually. Mm. So my dad, because my dad was in sales, he, um, he would say, um, everything is a numbers game. That's what he said all the time. Everything is a numbers game. And so since you know, that's a numbers game, you just got to figure out what your numbers are. Right. So if you figure out, okay, and fail, 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 99th time fail, and then you hit at a hundred, you know that your numbers are one out of a hundred. So if you want to get another win, you know, you got to go another hundred times, right? Cause you know, that your numbers are just one out of a hundred. Now, if you get better and you start doing one out of 20, Right. Oh, now your numbers have improved because of all the failure. You've gotten better. The way you communicate gets better. So now your new numbers are one out of 20. So if you want to get five, you do a hundred and you get five. You see, it's all a numbers game. So mm. I think the way people look at things is like fail. I fail. I'm, I suck. I'm terrible. I'm bad. No one likes me. That's the translation, but it's not that it's literally just, it's a numbers game. You know, your numbers, you know, just think about all the things that I'm sure they failed while they were creating the light bulb, you know, the car, the, I mean, all these things that they had to fail over and over the, the airplane until they finally got it. And they're like, ah, oh, man, well, were they a failure all that time? No, they just found a hundred ways it didn't work. <laughs> it was just research. <laughs> exactly. Right. And to, and to add to that integrated in the failure, and I don't want to stay here long, but integrated in the failure is learning the lessons. Yes. That, that learning the lessons. And that is how you're able to, that's really why you, you I, I'm not sure if I like that word failure because mm-hmm. you, you can't really fail if you're learning each time you're not success each time you don't succeed each time you're not successful because really each time you fail there is something to learn about that to allow you to move past that if you're able to if you internalize what happened and you're able to use that lesson to uh to move forward it really wasn't a failure you know that's and, right 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 there was a, there's a quote that says failure is feedback. 
And, um, and that's another thing that I always try to remember is that, um, oh, okay. I just learned something, you know, it's not really a failure. It's like, oh, okay. That one wasn't the right thing to do. That wasn't the right road to go down. The more business, your business goes up. And me and my husband have this funny thing. Uh, I always say, well, I got 99 problems. At least you ain't one. (laughs) (laughs) Because the more things you have to learn how to learn early that, you know, things don't always go your way. Things don't always go so smooth. And, but it all gets worked out in the end. And you have to build up the muscle for that early. If you can't build up the muscle early, there's no way that you are going to be entrusted that God is going to entrust you with the six figures and the seven figures. You have to get entrusted with it that you can handle it. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and since we're, we're using quotes and this probably be my last comment about this, <laughs> but I just remembered a quote that I read, uh, about failure. Failure is just an opportunity in work clothes. Yes. Yes. And that's, that's a, and that's a great way of looking at it. You have to roll up your sleeves and work to utilize the, the lesson that you learned that time in order to succeed the next time. That's it. Yeah. 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 I know uh-huh. you guys, I know you guys enjoying my interview with Tam, best-selling author, uh, entrepreneur, and speaker. She is with us on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And uh, I know you're enjoying my interview with her. You know, Tam, according to your bio, uh, you've been featured on Fox, uh, the Washington Post, CBS, NBC, just to name a few. I want you to talk to us about these experiences and uh, what are some of the secrets to your success? You know, uh, so when I first, when my business started to go, so I just talked about how my mom passed away in 2016 and that's when it started to go. Um, I had to redefine who I was. It took me a minute. It took me, I was going through grief. It was, took me a minute. Started working on myself, started going to coaching. Um, and my secret to success started with, Tam, what are you trying to say? So when I wrote my first book, I've been writing for years. That's another thing. I've been writing and writing. I love to write. But when my mom passed, it seemed like she was just egging me on to get published. She's always told me, oh, you're amazing writer. Why don't you try to get published? And I didn't think I was good enough. So during the process of my writing my book after she passed, during the process, during that same time I was getting the coaching, And I was looking at my life, looking at the failures, the things that I had gone through, looking at all the trials and tribulations that I experienced. Why did I have to go through that? But what came from it was, oh, I see why I wasn't successful all this time. I see what was going on. Okay. And what I came up with, it was because... I didn't know what I was truly trying to say. Mm. So I love watching interviews. I love listening to successful people because they say that success leaves clues, right? So if success leaves clues, then I need to find out what is a successful person doing that I'm not doing. If they're a person and I'm a person, I can do the same stuff. Okay. 
So I always look at these interviews. One of the things that always comes up in interviews, I, I notice um, that there was something that kind of led them to where they were going. There was some kind of reason they had to keep going for what they were going for. And I just kind of noticed it when I was listening to these things. I was like, man, wow. There was something that was driving them behind the talent, right? There's something that said that they had to do it no matter what. Okay. Black people are very talented, very talented, but what's going to drive us to never give up? Cause you can't lean on just talent because talent won't get you there. Talent is only part of the thing. It's the drive. It's the passion. It's the, I have to do this thing. So that's what I had been missing. Most of the things that I had done up till then was because I saw this person being successful doing it. Oh, this person's a, in this a network marketing company. Okay. I'm going to do that. Cause that I want to be successful. Oh, that didn't work. Okay. Let me go ahead and do real estate. Oh, I see a lot of people were successful in that. That wasn't working. I went over here and do that. So all these things weren't successful because the only reason I was going for it was for the money, right? Because I can make it in that because other people did, but I had nothing that's going to allow me to continue with it when times got tough, when it got difficult, when the failures kept coming. I didn't have the fortitude to keep up with it because, oh, it's too hard, right? So... I started calling this, you have to nail your core message. What are you really trying to say? What is your core passion? What is the core thing? Once I figured out my, what, what mine was, my, my business started to take off, right? I started to be able to help women because I, I have a passion because I watched my mom. This is, you know, I watched my mom have three kids, single mom and own her own business. I watched as a single mom start her own hair salon before she got remarried. And I watched how she was able to figure that out and be home with her kids. So I knew that a lot of things that women needed and wanted. So, and they also, I thought entrepreneurship is probably their best bet. So that's why I started focusing on women. So now that I had discovered this thing, then I just went back to the women trying to help them. I know it's going to help you. I know it's going to help you get home with those kids. I know it's going to help you to be able to, you know, retire your husband. Cause a lot of women have that as a passion, as a thing. I want to retire my husband. He's been working so hard. Right. Um, I know how to help you do that. So my key to success to sum that all up was figuring out what my message, my core message was, and then when I get stuck at any time, I can always go back to, but what are you really doing this for? And then it may, helps me go. I see, I see. And so um, understanding what your message was, was also the key to getting you featured on uh, those networks that we we talked about, Fox and, and the Washington yeah. Post. And I because mean, those are very... Yeah, because the only reason why you start getting featured is when you have something to say and when you start making an impact, okay? So I started making an impact. I am now on book number 12 of Boss Up Book Series. We just started that book series in 2020 during COVID, right? And so all of a sudden, my business started to take off, take off. And so I started getting picked up by all these different publications. What's going on? I'm having, I have something to say now. I have something that's relevant now. 
I have something that's going to help people. I'm going to give them a th- something that, you know, to network. I didn't just, I just started working with Pam. So before that, I was already starting to get picked up, picked up on different, different publications. We got interviewed on NBC because of this boss up project. Um, and they were relating it to a lot of the, the, re- the, um, the great resignation. And they showed how my story, the great resignation kind of propelled me into uh, creating this whole movement, this whole project. So how I got picked up by all these major publications is because now I'm making an impact. I have something to say. I, I, I can help other people. And it's continuing to happen. Also, I have a project that's always in, in play, which I do. I write a lot of books, so I'm able to be pitched uh, for those for those op- um, opportunities as well. Wow, that is that's truly awesome. That is truly awesome. And and as you, as you were talking, you know, you mentioned uh, you wrote twelve books during the during the co- during COVID, right? Yeah, that the book project started in March of 2020 and we're on book number 12 right now. So this is what August of 2022. Wow. So yeah, we've been pushing them out now. Those are just, yeah. Those are just my, the series, the woman who boss up series, but I wrote a book with my husband. I wrote a book by myself. That was my first one that came out. I wrote a children's book and I'm writing another book right now. Uh, that's it's called right to riches. So, and it's really just so people can see, you can do this. You can really create this for yourself as well. <laughs> that, is, that is amazing. That is amazing. And you spoke of the, uh, the resignation. Uh, and, and I know you're referring to that, that COVID period where, you know, people uh, left the workforce and some never returned because of COVID and, um, and, and, and those that, that those that that never returned it wasn't necessarily a negative thing because some of them including yourself decided to move to go the entrepreneurial route and and found a niche for themselves and that's what led to uh this this uh billing of the the resignation for that that time frame of 2022 where we are right now. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. That's correct. That is correct. So it, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And we're going to get more into that uh, and talk more about entrepreneurship uh, later on in our interview. But I also wanted to uh, touch a little bit more on you as a, a best-selling author, you know, um, you're a best-selling author that has a growing catalog of books, including of course your boss up series, and, um, and, and, and it consists of international woman of color, uh, boss up Asian woman, uh, Asian woman who boss up, uh, women boss up secrets from women who are owning their health and wellness for a lifestyle they love. I want you to talk to us about the purpose and objectives of this best-selling series. Um, so the, Boss up that word came out of uh, in January of, or I guess a December, 2019, right before the COVID we knew anything about it. Um, I had put together a, um, an event called the boss up 
girl, something. I can't remember what the name of the event was. It's called Boss Something because there was a movie by Tiffany Haddish that came out in January of 2020. My girlfriend is best friends with Tiffany Haddish. So I told her to reach out to Tiffany. I don't know Tiffany Haddish, by the way. I was so excited about this thing, this idea I had said, reach out to Tiffany. We want to promote her film because it seemed like it was perfect. January, 2020, you're talking about boss lady stuff. I'm in, right? And I have done a, uh, a movie premiere type of event before. And I said, what we'll do is we'll get all these boss ladies together. We'll have some drinks and cocktails. We'll have some speakers and panels. And then if Tiffany can show up, that will be even better. Well, she's out promoting her film, so she can't show up, but she sent us a video and she was like, go ahead, girls. And all this kind of stuff. It's totally fun. Right. She said, it's time for you to boss up. Right. And I just love that whole energy of it all. Right. We had no idea. We're just thinking that 2020 and everybody's been waiting for 2020 for the last 20 years. Right. So we were just like, yes, it is time. We got to take 2020 by the, you know what? Everybody's been saying this three months later. Now this month, I'm like, that's going to kick off my whole year. I'm kicking it off with a bang. Three months later, I can't even do my business the way I've been doing it. I'm not my, my company no more. My husband lost his job. And here we are looking at each other. And I thought, holy smokes. Matter of fact, in 2008, when I had my investment company, I lost all my properties, right? I was bad, bad news, bad news. I lost my, my, my husband. My spouse, I lost my job. I lost my properties. I was in a hole like you wouldn't believe. I lost my house. I lost everything. Okay. And I was really down. And it took me many years to get out of it. Well, 2020, this is going down. All of a sudden, I'm sitting there like, oh, no. Oh, no. This is going to be all over again. So I told myself, Tam, you better boss up. That's exactly what I said. It's time to boss up. You say you're bossing up this year, right? Oh, man. So all the stuff my dad had said, all the stuff my parents had said, it all came crashing down on me like, what you going to do? It's time to hustle. It's trying to get out there. What you going to do? My dad was knocking on doors. These white people had like these little statues in front of his house. They definitely didn't want to see him knocking on their door. Right. I saw them hustle and I said, you better hustle. You better boss up. (laughs) So That became my first book, Women Who Boss Up. And I did not know that it was going to take off. I had no idea. So I was thinking, okay, I know there's other women out here feeling the same way. I I just, you know, my dad used to say, find a need and fill it. So I said, what do I need to do? I know they're like me. They probably need clients too. They probably need a visibility too. So I just started finding those women, interviewing them, creating a book. First one took off. Number one bestseller. Okay. We're going to do another one. And I wanted to do a woman of color book. That was a challenge to try to get that one pulled off. Right. So it ended up being my fourth book. In between then, we did health, wellness, and lifestyle. We did Asian women who who boss up. Um, we did women of color. We did moms who boss up, women who boss up post-pandemic. It just kept coming. 
because I hit on something. I hit hit something. Are they all these women were like, yeah, it's time to boss up. It's time. Right. And as a great resignation, I didn't know that was going to happen. It's time to boss up. I didn't know that I stopped Asian hate was about to happen. Yes. It's time to boss up. I didn't know I was going to hit on something. I'm telling you, I did not know. But if I had given up back in 2008, when I was in that hole and I thought I was dying, <laughs> I wouldn't know that this was going to happen like that. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, you know, again, the the resilience that you have, the determination that you have, uh, I, I think accounts for much of your success. Uh, but also you 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 were talking about how the boss up series um really just kind of um you know took off and what you did was you kind of rolled the wave. You 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 were saying that you didn't know about uh, the the Asian hate, uh, you know that 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 campaign that came out about that, and of course your book you wrote uh, uh, dealing with uh, Asian woman women boss up, and and you're you're just using those moments to basically um, address this this theme boss up, and it, it is it is it's powerful. Michael, I'm going to tell you another thing. I'm going to tell you another thing that's very interesting. And this has a lot to do with faith, right? Has a Mm -hmm. lot to do with where you are in your faith, right? Do you know that all of those books were done before the thing actually happened? So what happened was I was listening. I know that God gives you gifts every single day. Okay. I don't come up with these things on my own. But when I come, when it comes to me, I act on it. That's a difference because I know all of us get these things, but we don't act on them. The idea came to me, Asian women. I didn't, I I couldn't, I don't have the ability to fill a book with Asian women. I don't know. I don't have enough credibility in the Asian community to pull any of it off. But I was placed in a situation where I've met somebody else who could. Mm. Okay. So we pulled this book off, finished it. Number one bestseller. And right after that stop Asian hate happened. I had no idea. Our, that book blew up, but I did not do that book because of stop Asian hate. I had no idea. I just heard the voice and went for it. The same thing. My, one of my best selling books to this moment is a women of color book, right? It was a need right? It was a need in the marketplace. We need to see ourselves um, bossing up. Uh, There's another book that just took off. But what I'm saying is that I didn't know. I just acted on what I heard and then boom, it just took off. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Man, that is awesome. I know you guys are enjoying my interview with this best-selling author, speaker, Uh, entrepreneur, and so much more on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're jumping right back into my interview with Tam Luck, best-selling author, entrepreneur, and more. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. 
You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. Hey, what's cracking, Planet Earth? It's your boy Griff, comedian, author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist, but a Jesus Christ lover. You understand me? And you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio with my homeboy, Michael Nemitz. Check him out right here. Go ahead, Mike. Give him that good, good. The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Minneapolis, Minnesota, to London, England, from New Zealand to New York City. Black Lives Matter and I Can't Breathe are the sentiment of people around the world. Dr. King was right. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We must do everything we can to continue to march, protest, and rally for justice. Let us march on until victory is won. An important message from the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Emmy Award winning journalist, Jimmy O'Heal. Have to ask ourselves, how is it that we're trying to allegedly reach racial harmony, but we want to have celebrations of racist things all the time? Again, we can't have unity unless we agree that something's bad. And we sound even more foolish by saying, oh no, but we changed the meaning. Okay, they could say the same thing in Germany about a lot of things but you don't see it because they knew in order for real healing to take place, they had to disavow all that stuff, which is why they paid reparations to the descendants of the Jews that were killed and are. That's why they did it. Apologies don't work unless you put some level of action behind it. It's my really long-winded way of saying that when I think about the national anthem, it doesn't represent everybody. Mark Cuban knew it, he talked about it. That's why they stopped doing it. And you know what? They didn't do it for 13 games and no one noticed. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Well, guys, we are back talking to best-selling author, speaker, entrepreneur, and so much more. Our good friend, 
Tam Luck is with us on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And we've been chopping it up with her about uh, her success as a best-selling author. And we want to talk a little bit more about that in this segment, as well as entrepreneurship. But I want to start here. Not only are you a best-selling author, but you also help other authors become best-selling authors. I want you to share with our listeners, how do you make that happen for other authors? So the way I first started working with people is I was doing these events. I would have a lot of women in the area come to these events, and then I would find women that wanted to build their business. The Mm -hmm. suggestion was you can, you can use a book to do that. The why I think that, because when I did my first book, book came out in 2018, I made $450 in Amazon sales. And then by the December of that same year, I made $9,000 in my business that, that month in December. So I had figured out how to use that book, get leads, get clients, and to move them through my business into higher level coaching and things like that. So I said, Hey, if you want to build a business, use a book. So that's what I was doing. That was before COVID. That's when I left my job. Uh, I left my job in September of 2018. 2019, I had gotten to six figures. And how did I know I was going to get the six figures to leave my job? Well, $100,000 divided by 12 is 8333. And I figured if I knew how to make 8333 in one month, then I could duplicate it. So in December of that 2018, I figured it out and I just duplicated it for 2019. Then 2020 hit, okay? 2020 hit and it went off. I doubled. 2021 hit, I doubled. Okay, so the lessons are happening because you just learn it and then you duplicate it, okay? And what I do is I duplicate it by teaching exactly what I do. So how did I get these other women to bestseller? Well, I knew how to do it my own self. My first book went to bestseller. I worked with a coach. I didn't make it up. I didn't figure it out. I worked with a coach. She helped me get to bestseller. And then I started working with clients one-on-one, helping them write their book, helping them get to bestseller. But in just what in 2020, because I wasn't able to do the events anymore, I had to boss up, like we talked about earlier, and I've got 16 women in the book. And so now I can get 16 women at one time to bestseller. Now at this point, with 12 books under my belt, 12 times 16, how many women have I got to bestseller? (laughs) How many women have I helped boss up their businesses? Right. How many women have I helped? Okay. So that's what my whole point is. Right. There's, there's, I'm not the first person who does what I do, but um, I'm on a platform of women empowerment. um, And, uh, and I'm really right there helping them to, to get to the next level and and have freedom, not for themselves, not only for yourself, because women are not, not only women, but women have kids, they have husbands, they have mothers, they have family, they have extended family, they have sisters and brothers, they have their community, they have their churches. So if I can help women to get that kind of level of freedom to create the lifestyle she wants, 
the way women are made, they're going to help everybody else. So I have to make an even bigger impact. So if you think about 12 times 16, how many people am I really impacting? That's how I think. Right. So. And you make it sound so simple. <laughs> but I know it's, I know it's not, I know it's not that simple, but listening to you, you make it sound so simple. And I know networking is a big part of that as well, but, um, I, you, you, you obviously are doing well at what you do. Um, and, and it's, it, and your work speaks for itself, obviously, but, um, you know, this is coming from someone who has written a couple of books and, I, I mean, I've, I, I've, I've done okay, but, um, I'm, I'm definitely looking to, um, become a best-selling author like yourself and those who have, um, paved that, you know, charted that course for themselves on Amazon and, 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 and other, uh, venues like that. So listening to you, of course, again, you make it sound so simple and, uh, that anybody can do it that uh, I'm, I'm, uh, my curiosity has definitely peaked at this point. <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting, Michael, is that I heard someone say it's simple. It's just not easy. So mm. what's simple to do, and it is simple. And just like I said, it is how it's done. But the easy people, you know, they won't sacrifice. They won't be consistent. They won't uh, do it with fear in their backseat. They won't do the thing that they have to do because they doubt themselves, they need to do the personal development, all this stuff, right? So it's simple. It ain't easy. It ain't easy. <laughs> there it is. There it is. There it is. It's simple, mm -hmm. but it's not easy. Mm -hmm. And that, that that's a very good point. Very good point. I know you guys are enjoying my interview with this best-selling author, uh, speaker, and entrepreneur, Tam Luck. She's with us on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And, you know, according to <clears throat> your bio, as we talk about entrepreneurship, you know, you built a six-figure salary in just one year. Uh, and this, again, is kind of piggybacking on the first question that we asked you in this segment, um, tell us how you were able to do so in so little time and share with us some of the challenges you faced as an entrepreneur that you were eventually able to overcome. Yes. So, um, you know, just getting to six figures, like I said, here's the, here's the formula. Six figures is 100,000, 100,000 divided by 12 is eight, three, three, three. That's just simple math, right? So, and this is one of the things I, I tell you about simple, right? I tell my clients, um, you know what A333 is, right? I know it sounds big and it's all sounds daunting, but if I could teach you how to get to A333, then you would have to just duplicate it. Now, sometimes when you're getting the six figures for the first time, you have to do it yourself, right? You have to overcome yourself. You have to learn how to manage yourself. You have to learn how your time manage your family. You have to learn how to sacrifice and what's most important. You have to learn how to be consistent. These are all the things that happen when you haven't hit six figures yet. Mm. Once you hit six figures though, getting to 300,000, 400,000 is not very difficult at all. Okay. But on your own business, you're faced with yourself when you never had to face yourself so directly when you have a corporate job, mm. that is tough. 
doing the work. So what are the challenges I had to go through? All of that, 17 years of that. That's why I wasn't getting anywhere. I would get, I would wear myself out. I would do really good for one month and then I would just need a month to freaking recover, you know, or something, you know, I wouldn't be consistent. I wouldn't time manage. I wouldn't get, I would take it personally. I would be, have so much fear that it would just stagnate me. You know, I wouldn't do the personal development that needed to do, you know, what made me do it really was my mom, parents passed away. I felt there's something that's not right. I'm really not okay. I'm really not okay. And I went and did some work and I found out, oh man, I have some freaking anger-ish going on. Anger going on with some of my past and my, you know, my father and these things I had to just bust through. I didn't know. I wouldn't have done that work though if I wasn't, had been put up against the wall, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So the challenges were getting through some of that stuff. Uh, it took me a long time. It took me longer than I think it should take anyone to get some success. Um, but I got here, right? I live to tell the, the tale. <laughs> what do I tell, what do I tell people they need to do in order to do the same? I think that you need to do the personal development, do the work. You know, a lot of us as people of color have a lot of trauma. Um, not just our own trauma, we pass in trauma on from generation to generation that we carry. Um, we have, you know, other people that we have to contend with. It's not just us. A lot of times that we have to deal with, you have to find the, the mentors to look at. You have to not care what anybody thinks about you. Um, my mom take, took that away from me when she passed caring what anybody thought. Sometimes you don't get that you're like 70 year old, you know, a 70 year old woman, she don't give a dang about what nobody thinks, but she might say any old thing. Well, I grant, I got granted that when I, when my mom passed. So now I got that early. I don't care. Don't care. Don't care. My mom has gone. Nobody's here to judge me. Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's a blessing. You know? That is a blessing. Wow. Those are some keys. Those are some that's some good advice. And 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 you know what I'm hearing in both answers to the to the two questions that we asked um, is that you know going back to what you said, you know, it's simple, but it's not easy. And the the, right. the, the not easy part is the part that everybody has to grapple with because that that you know it might sound simple. Be, to, to the it, it sounds simple coming from someone who has achieved that but to the person that has to actually roll up their sleeves and do it it's not easy Mm-mm. and that's and that's the part that you have to understand and you have to grapple with in order to obtain the same level of of, of success or even greater but that's it's possible right. it is 100 100- and 20% possible. I'm telling you, it is possible. When I work with people and some, I had someone tell me this yesterday. They said, Tam, you know, what I get from you is you truly believe that everyone can do it. You truly, like the way you speak to me is like, you see it, like you can, because I know it's Mm. possible. I've been through so much crap and so much stuff that's been too long. And I, if I can get through that, if I can get through it myself, then, oh man, 
please don't tell me your problems because I can tell you mine and we'll be, we can try together. (laughs) (laughs) Right, 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 right. That is true. That is true. Um, But it's, it's again, that not easy part is the part that everybody who wants to be successful has to, uh, has to go through. I think Kevin Hart has a saying uh, that I think I heard in one of his comedy specials, you know, everybody wants to be successful, but no one wants to do the work. Yes. Everybody wants to be successful, but nobody wants to do the work. And the work part is the most important part of being successful. That is it. I, I just heard <laughs> Steve Harvey say the same exact thing last mm-hmm. weekend in a d- different way. A same thing. You hear the same thing over and over with these very successful people. Cause I, I study successful people. Mm. Like that is one of my pastimes. Mm. I love interviews. That's why like, I love this kind of stuff, but I love to listen to interviews. Oh my goodness. Um, because you only pick up the clues. You hear the same thing. You're like, ah, oh, that's something. That's something. And now you know I do what I do. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly, because I like hearing those clues from other successful people. That's right. And 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 the and the and the other part of that is going back to our earlier conversation is that, you know, all of the interviews don't necessarily have to be from successful people. It can be from someone who made the mistakes that you are trying to avoid. Oh, yeah. And you can, again, learn from those mistakes and learn from those failures or missteps in order to to not only avoid them, but uh, be able to see over them and, and, and pass them. And, And so that's, that's another reason why, you know, I'm happy to do what we do and and it's not again just for us but it's also for those who this who uh who as they say tap in and listen to the podcast as well that's right absolutely so it's there it's there and it's not something that people have to pay for you know it's you can all you have to do is just find the podcast wherever wherever you listen to your podcast and you can enjoy the same um, depth and breadth of information that I am able to enjoy with each and every interview. Yes. That, yes. That's a shameless plug for the thinking out loud radio show. <laughs> it's true though. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I know you're enjoying our interview with this successful best-selling author, Tam Luck. She is with us on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And, you know, talking about entrepreneurship, uh, we were just talking to an entrepreneur on yesterday. uh, And, uh, you know, we both agreed that entrepreneurship is the key to overcoming the wage gap that women have been experiencing for years in corporate America. You know, and, and so instead of fighting to get a seat at the table to achieve the equal pay that you very well deserve, uh, becoming an entrepreneur gives you the ability to achieve an income equal to an even greater than uh, your male counterparts. Uh, so I, I want to know from you, do you agree or disagree with this assessment? I 100% agree. So 
I was just, I was also, we were having another conversation. I was having a conversation with another girl and I was going in on this conversation. I said, I have no interest in having a seat at the table. The, t- mm. the table is, n- that is not it. Okay. I'm noticing that a lot of women who are starting to become entrepreneurs, they're also starting to do a business with other women. Okay. So I need women to be successful, right? We need also a new table. Mm. Okay. We don't need to be at that same old table because that's a dusty, dirty, junky, terrible table. You're going to be sitting at that table and you're still not going to be able to affect any change because the people that started that table have absolutely no interest in you affecting change. And, uh, and they probably are going to not let you do much at the table. They just want to meet a quota for the table. Right. Mm. So I have no interest of being at that table. That that's the dusty table. <laughs> Man, I, I completely understand. You, you got what I'm saying? Right. So here we are as women entrepreneurs. Um, here's a very interesting thing that a lot of us didn't even think about, but when I was trying to get my desperately to get home to my son, who was, I wanted to be home with my mom. Like you, you guys heard my story already. I wanted to be home for my kid. When he comes home, I don't want to drive an hour and a half. I used to live in LA each way, lose three hours with my family in traffic. Okay. That was not okay. I remember having to get my child to take the public bus to take, come to my office to sit in my office for a couple of hours after school so that we could drive home. Mm. Okay. So that was not okay. Nine to five wasn't actually meant for women. Nine to five was meant for men because men were the ones who were in the offices. It works well for men. Nine to five is a great time. Nine to six, whatever it is. But for women, it doesn't really actually never actually ever made sense. You can't get your kids on time. You're trying to help them with their homework. You're trying to help them to eat, right? You're trying all these things just don't work. Now that I'm actually working with women entrepreneurs, I'm noticing their time there's something like they start at, they after they get the kids out of the house, they start working at 10, they stop at three, they start getting dinner to handle, they start making, getting the homework handled, get the kids to bed and, and pick it back up at 8 p.m. That looks nothing like a nine to five. Right. Interesting, right? Mm-hmm. So if that is the case, then, you know, that's why a lot of them are not going back into the office because they can't. They can't have the, they can't make it work. Mm. Doesn't make any sense. I would rather fail trying to figure out how to get my own business started. I'd rather take a way big pay cut because it's not worth it. My kids don't see me. My husband don't love me no more. All kinds of stuff going on. Right. So I'm really, I'm not a feminist. That's the first thing I'm not. Okay. I am all for family. I think I love my husband and I love men and I want them to be successful too. I want women to be successful for their own sake and for their family's sake. So I just think entrepreneur works better for it because I watched my mom and dad do that and be able to work together and build something. Me and my husband have the greatest relationship. He's a perfect partner for me. And we both work together every single day. He's my only, he's like my, my dog. Like we do everything together. Right. Mm. And so I think that's good for the whole thing for my husband, my, my kid to see that. 
you know? So yeah, yes. And I can, I could never make the kind of money that I make now as a black female, as smart as I know that I am mm-hmm. in corporate America, I could not have done it. I would not have been allowed to do it. Mm. I was, I've been, I have been in some of the best companies in this country and work for some of the, some really smart men who knew to get me in there because I could do a lot of work and be very strategic. <laughs> right. Right. You know, and that's, that's very interesting that you say that. And I, again, asked the question because, you know, I, I, the, the, the wage gap is definitely a conversation that's being had, uh, uh, not just around the country, but I would even dare say around the world. Um, and, uh, particularly in the white house right now, you have the president and, and Congress and the Senate both trying to figure out ways to, uh, to, to, to bring that wage gap closer and closer together. But as you said, entrepreneurship uh, is, I think, the best way to uh, not only eliminate the wage gap, but even surpass it because you're not vying for a seat at a table that that you may or may not get a seat at, but you're able to now create your own table, set your own place to 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 be successful and create your own path to success Mm -hmm. uh that way and uh i i i um you know now the other part of that of course is you know it is it's it's a in creating that table it's 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 going to take time to do that it's not going to be like you say it's not easy but in the long run it's the it's the one that's the most beneficial it's the most beneficial. And that's what kept on um, well, a state of my mind. I remember I told my husband, I said to me, now I said this after I started making it right. But I, t- I said, listen, now that I really think about this, it would be better for me to keep trying and fail mm. than to never try. Mm. I would have rather die trying like even all those years, 17 years, now that I realized, and I was kept going and kept going because I kept ahead in my mind. I saw something. I saw my parents. I saw it work. I saw it. I saw it. Right. So I had that benefit, but I would have died trying because it's so much more worth it. I mean, I can make my schedule the way I want. Right, right. I could take off with two weeks if I want. I Mm. I mean, I really have the freedom, a lifestyle. If we want to, sometimes me and my husband take off at two o'clock and just go do something crazy, go look at whatever, hang out, you know, because we just decided today is the day we're going to do that. You can do the lifestyle you want, you know, and, and women need that, that freedom because we got a lot of stuff to do. (laughs) You know, we really do. Right, right, right. Yeah. I know you guys are enjoying my interview with this best-selling author, entrepreneur, and speaker, Tam Luck. She is with us on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Guys, we're going to take our last break, but when we come back, we're going to give you the conclusion of our interview with this best-selling author, Tam Luck. You don't want to go anywhere. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back.
This is Michael Eric Dyson. And when I'm in Detroit, I listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, dropping that knowledge, giving that inspiration, giving us that enlightenment. Nobody does it like Brother Michael does it. Do your thing. Holla. Peace. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you... To believe. Who told you that you were naked? It's a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. Refined, rebranded, reinvented, reinvigorated, revived. The new michaelnimmons.com website is finally here. And believe me, it's worth the wait. A state-of-the-art website where you can listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast, watch Thinking Out Loud TV, read the Thinking Out Loud blog, purchase books and swag, and so much more. Subscribe today and get a free gift on us. Stop by the new michaelnimmons.com. It is sure to be a thought working experience. Global advocate, Martin Luther King III. So I, I think the future is is the, the best probably is yet to come, particularly coming out of this phase right now, coming out of, you know, the last four years of being dark and desolate. I mean, the last four years, theoretically, could cause, of have caused people to, to have lost faith, particularly if, if Trump had won. I think our, we wouldn't have a democracy if this man had been reelected. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. All right, guys, we are back, and I know you have been enjoying 
my conversation with this best-selling author, uh, speaker, and entrepreneur, uh, Tam Luck. She has uh, been sharing so many golden nuggets uh, of wisdom with us in this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And um, as we uh, get ready to wrap this interview with her, we do have a few more questions for her before we let her go. So uh, for those that don't know, in addition uh, to Tam being an author, a speaker, an entrepreneur, as if that's uh, if that, as if that isn't enough, she's also a podcast host and her podcast is called women with vision. It's available on Apple podcasts. So Tam talk to us about the podcast and what are some of the topics and subject matter that you discuss? Well, that podcast women with vision, my, so I have my name, my, my, my marketing agency is deluxe life media. Um, but before Deluxe Life Media was Women with Vision International, that was my group. That's what I was doing my events, events off of Women with Vision International. So I came up with this idea. I want to do this podcast to speak to women, to hear their stories, because I thought about, you know, how beneficial interviews are to me and whether they're super successful or finding a little bit of success or just successful that they are starting a business and left their jobs. I thought it would be interesting. So I launched my podcast, I think in 2019 and just started getting out there, getting on social media, finding the women to interview. Mm -hmm. That also became the basis of the, where I found a lot of women for the boss up book series. So women with vision, I think that, um, women can see pretty far ahead. We are thinking about not only our families, we're thinking about our husband, we're directing everybody in the, in the family. So I feel like women need to have a vision, right? To, to in order to do it, whether in business um, or otherwise. So I started with women with vision first and, and uh, that community has grown quite a few, quite a bit. Wow. That, that, that's amazing. And so, uh, you started the podcast back in 2019. Uh, how many episodes have you uh, amassed so far? Do you know? Oh man, probably about a couple hundred. Mm. Probably, wow. We have about 7,500 downloads or something like that at this point. Wow. That's amazing. And, and, and uh, believe me, take it, take it from me. I, you know, podcasting is, is, it's fun, but it can be work as well. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but, but it's, it, it there's a, a, a lot of, um, satisfaction that comes along with, with doing what you're doing, I'm sure. And, yes. uh, and, and I, and I can tell you that, uh, there is a great deal of fulfillment and satisfaction that goes along with every episode that you do. So, uh, I can, I can only imagine, uh, the amount of satisfaction that you get out of, your podcast, Women with Vision. Yes, I do. I get a lot of satisfaction. Just, uh, I get my cup filled every day. Mm. You know, I mean, some women say, they say some of the most amazing things, just their experience because they've gone through different things or say, say I'm going through something or experienced something recently. And then they say it in just the right way that it just, oh man, that's beautiful. Right. right. Yeah. So I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. You know, um, I'm, I wanted to continue talking about um, entrepreneurship and talking about uh, your boss up series in this next question, uh, because, you know, I'm, I'm curious to know 
you know, the origin of, of the boss up series, even though you clarified it for me earlier, but there, I think there's still some, uh, some more that we could probably discuss, uh, that comes out of this particular question. So for me, the me too movement, I believe of just a few years ago, uncovered some things that have been hidden about the inner workings of corporate America when it comes to its interaction with today's women. Um, we all know about the Me Too movement and uh, what has happened uh, as a result of it. Um, this movement, I believe, has provided women with a new sense of empowerment and liberation that they haven't seen, it seems, in decades. Uh, I want to know from you, is this newfound sense of empowerment and liberation directly tied to what you desire for women in your boss up series? Well, you know, what's interesting is I think that I think there's a statistic that says something like one in four women have experienced something um, regarding, you know, me too. Mm -hmm. I think it's probably more like one in two mm. or it may be higher. Because I have, and every single woman that I've ever talked to has. Wow. Um, and you just deal with it. It's just what it is. It's life. You know, you're dealing with something all the time. Uh, not all the time, but you've believed, I, I would dare say just about every grown woman has had a situation that's come up. Mm -hmm. That's me too related. Right. Uh, do I think, I think one of the things that happened at the Me Too movement, it just gave us, we weren't, we weren't dealing with it in silence. Right. So some women, mine wasn't that bad. I mean, it was stupid, you know, if, uh, if um, your boss sticks his tongue in your ear at an event, at an, a party, a business party. I mean, that's stupid, <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't enough for, I mean, I could have went through a stink, right. I could have made a whole thing, got it, all kinds of stuff happening. Right. I didn't, I didn't. Right. right. And it was probably one of the reasons why I ended up losing my job about a year later mm. because you know, that could have, I could have thrown a stink. I could have, I didn't. Right. Okay. So, um, and a lot of women have dealing with stupid stuff like that way worse though, you know, where they are going on a thing, you know, business trips and then they're either cornered, you know, or done all kinds of things. So it made women, cause some women maybe not have said nothing. Maybe they just dealt with it. They had to, because they were in a business or job, they needed their job, you know, or something like that. They needed it. So I think what it did is just made um, them feel like, oh, I'm not alone. That gave the kid all oh, what's, you know, what's this was a Bible saying says what happens in the night comes out in the light or something like that. There's a, there's a, a thing. So they, they now don't feel alone. They can, they have other women that have experienced the same thing. Is that what I'm trying to do? Um, not that particularly. Part of it may be, um, I'm more, uh, I'm more about women just feeling, um, empowered in general, not second guessing their ability to take care of themselves, to take care of their children, to take care of their family. Mm. Uh, there has been way too many, there's been, I think every single test that has been ever done. And I'm about to say this to a man 
Um, and I usually only say this to women, but it's true though. Still, uh, every test that has ever been done, um, how the, the smart smartness between men and women, women always win. So women are in general tested more smarter, smarter, whatever that means. Right. But men don't have to be smart and know all the answers to be in action. Right. So the difference is that men don't have to have all the, the, the end goal and everything written out. They'll get into action, not even knowing all the information. Women will second guess themselves forever. Think about it too long. Talk themselves out of it. Think as you have something's wrong with them. Right. When they could have been. So men will get to seven figures in their business without even half of the, knowing half the information. You see, so did you need to be smart to do that? No, right? So what I need for women to do is just boss up. <laughs> Stop your belly aching. Mm. You know, I just need us to, I get it. We all been through something, um, you know, my father was, my real father wasn't in my life either. I could have been all kinds of things. I could have said all kinds of reason. You know, my mom had to take care of three little children. When my, my real father was coming after her. I could tell you all kinds of reasons why it wouldn't have turned out this way. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, but boss up. <laughs> boss up. Boss up. Yeah. Right. And, and now, and, now, and, and, and it's, it's, it's crystal clear to me what the message is and and you want women to be generally empowered by that theme boss up yeah and um and it has you know very little to do with the tensions they might be experiencing in corporate america but it's about being individually empowered that's right. right. Individually empowered. Collectively, yes, but it starts with individually mm -hmm. believing in yourself. Oh, I haven't done this yet. I haven't, I haven't, I, I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. Do you know I wrote my first book in 2000, 22 years ago? Mm. I wasn't good enough, I said, to publish it. I hadn't have a degree in English, I said. I didn't have a PhD, I said. So I didn't publish my first book to 2018, 18 years after I wrote it, I've been writing for my whole life. I have books, books still haven't pro done. I wrote another book, with my husband, I had already wrote my part the years ago. So, you know, it's just happening in between your ears. It's just happening in your, in your heart that you don't right. think you're good enough. Right. So yeah, it's an individual boss up thing. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Guys, I know you have enjoyed my interview with this phenomenal, phenomenal best-selling author, uh, Tam Luck. Uh, she has been with us in this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, just sharing us, sharing with us some golden nuggets about some of the secrets to her success. And we certainly appreciate her being with us. But before we let her go, we want to know what's next. What do you have coming up? What can our listeners expect from you uh, as this, again, phenomenal, best-selling author uh, doing some phenomenal things? So what, what what's next for Tam? 
Well, you know, my, I have three books coming out this year and I have a summit this year. So I have uh, Inspiring Women Professionals Who Boss Up is coming out. Women in Real Estate is coming out. And also my first book that I've wrote and written solo in a while called Right to Riches. Uh, that is also coming out this year, as well as my summit, Women Who Boss Up Summit, which is happening in, in October. Wow. And where can people go to get information about all of those things? You can go to uh, deluxelife.com uh, or Deluxe Life Media, either one. And uh, you can also go to bossupbestseller.com as well. All right. Well, guys, there you have it. We have been tremendously blessed by this uh, phenomenal uh, woman, best-selling author, international speaker, and so much more with us on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thank you so much, Tam, for taking time with us. I appreciate you. I hope that um, you'll be back at some point. Uh, again, may God continue to bless you in all that you do. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, guys. All right. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. You tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. Keep it locked. Keep it locked. Vision should be the next book you purchase. Written by radio host and minister, Michael Nimmons. Vision is an insightful, thought-provoking book that is also a helpful tool in getting you to see your life through God's eyes. Vision, endorsed by best-selling authors, Dr. Eddie Connor and Kim Brooks and mega pastor, Bishop Charles H. Ellis III. Vision is a life-changing book that you need in your personal library. Get your copy today. Available everywhere books are sold online or at michaelnimmons.com. Get your copy today. Vision. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jamel Hill, and you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with my man, Michael Nimmons. Stay live. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. As we said earlier, we have a dynamic thought from undoubtedly one of the leading voices of empowerment, motivation, inspiration, and spirituality, and none other than the person of Bishop T.D. Jakes. In this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, he's sharing with us a powerful thought about life and purpose. And it's a thought that I guarantee will bless you. Take a listen. There are some irritants 
that should not be fixed. Transformation would occur in such a supernatural way that an illumination would occur in such a way that somebody doesn't even realize. They think that whatever they're going through is what they're going through, but they don't understand that what they're going through is, is right in online and in level with what you're about to do next in their lives. They don't even know they're extraordinary. They think they're ordinary. They think their situation is just something that they have to deal with. And they don't know that in order to change the situation, they have to be provoked. Not provoked to impress other people, not provoked to prove something to other people, but provoked to break away from complacency because it is not good for us to be too complacent. You can be complacent and not know it. You don't always have the benefit of having someone in your ear raising you, developing you, coming from a culture, an environment, a family culture or environment that lends itself to causing you to believe that there is something exceptional that God has planned for your life. And if you're not careful, most of us settle. It is easy to settle. And when we settle, we often settle into a place of complacency. Now, complacency is defined like this. It is a feeling of quiet pleasure or security, often while unaware of some potential danger or defect or the like, self-satisfaction or smug satisfaction with an existing situation or condition. Just satisfied, just dissatisfied. And in and of itself, that doesn't sound bad to be satisfied. What makes it bad is when we are satisfied with less than what God has for us. And it is easy to become satisfied with less than what God has for us because we don't always know what God has for us. And we don't always understand what it takes to really revolutionize our lives and come to a place where we really go after what God has. It is difficult now to distinguish between like peace and faith and things that we're taught in church and complacency. How, how do you determine the difference between peace, which is also a calm and a settle and a relaxation and complacency? So let's distinguish it by saying, there's a difference between trusting God after you have done all you can do, as opposed to complacency is the assumption that you can invest less effort and still maintain more responsibility. You get to the point in your mind that you don't think that you really have to give your best because you're in now. Let me break it down where you can get it good. It's the difference between the dating you and the married you. It's the difference between your first month on the job and your 10th year on the job. Complacency. Complacency begins to occur when we no longer put our full effort into becoming what God wants us to be. We are living in a world that creates two polarized ideologies. The world has two polarizing ideologies that I want to deal with. One is a deep feeling of inadequacy. On one hand, you got people who feel inadequate. This is a voice that says your best is not enough. And maybe you're not enough. They live with an inferiority complex and insecurity. Nothing they do is ever applauded within. 
it, it doesn't mean that it's not applauded outwardly, but, but inwardly, you never clap for you. You never appreciate your accomplishment. You're off to the next battle. You're off to the next thing. And when you look back at it, there's always something wrong with it. And you can always see what's wrong with it and you can never see what's right with it. You have been conditioned to see yourself from a position of inferiority. Often we seek affirmation from others. It makes you hungry for affirmation. You're starving for affirmation. See, when you clap for yourself, you don't desperately need somebody else to clap for you. This is important. It, it's ruining our relationship because we don't often marry because we, we want companionship. We, we sometimes marry because we want affirmation. So we assign to our spouse the job of clapping. And as long as they clap, we're good. But the spouse eventually gets tired of clapping into the life of someone who's leaking. If you've ever tried that, no matter how much you clap for them, they never hold on to your clapping. These are the people that keep asking you, do you love me? You asked me that yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think I'm pretty? I told you Monday you're pretty. This is Tuesday. It, it, it leaked out already. Do you think I'm smart? I, yes, I think you're smart. And then I don't know, I feel dumb. The reason it's leaking is because you are pouring into them things that they don't agree with. I'm not just talking about so much just believing in, in oneself. I'm not even talking about believing in God. I'm talking about allowing positivity to be internalized when it is due when it is really due. I mean, when you've really done the work and you've done a good job, to take a moment, and I have to, I have to work on this in my own life, to take a moment to take in good moments. Sometimes I'm so busy going on to the next thing that I don't take time to just see law. The word see law in Psalms is a musical term that means to pause and just breathe in and just take that in and really allow that to soak into you what you've been able to accomplish. Am I talking good this morning? If, if you don't internalize it, don't assign me the job of telling you what you ought to be telling yourself. I'm not talking about pumping yourself up when it's not good. I'm not talking about lying to yourself when it's not good. I'm talking about applauding yourself when it is good. Clap for yourself. God shows us how to do this in the book of Genesis. The Bible says that God stepped out on nothing and said, let there be something and let there be light. And there was light and, and the evening and the morning was the first day. And guess what? No angels, no choir, no spouse, no friends, no person came along. Nobody started dancing. No praise team came along and said, God clapped for himself. He said, and it was good. And it was good. It doesn't have to be finished to be good. Some of you wait too late to clap. You're not gonna clap till it's finished, but you gotta clap behind every accomplishment and celebrate every step. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in the way. And every time you take a step, you need to clap for that step. Cause at least I'm further than where I was. I may not be where I'm going, but I'm further than where I was. Am I talking to anybody this morning? And so you need to praise God for baby steps. 
Praise God for progress. Praise God for improvement. Celebrate within yourself and not be afraid to look yourself in the mirror and say, you did that well. You did that real well. You'll never be able to determine who you need in your life until you fill your own void. You'll choose somebody out of your pain and then when you get well, you don't want them. On the other extreme, but equally as dangerous, but the antithesis of inferiority is the assumption that what God has given to you requires nothing of you. You don't put anything into it. You just received it, you got it, you think it ought to be there. Anything you add to your life requires your attention. If you have a goldfish, you have to feed it. If you get a cute little puppy, you got to walk it. If you buy a car, you're going to need oil. If you buy a car, you're going to need gas. Anything you add to your life is going to require more of you. Stop adding more than you're willing to maintain. Say this word with me. No. Some of you have said yes so much because you assume that you are collecting whatnots to keep on a shelf, but in reality, you keep saying yes and not really taking care of what you already got. You keep adding more and more and more and more to your life, and then somewhere on some therapist's couch, you say, I'm overwhelmed, and I'm nervous, and I got anxiety, and I guess you do. To him whom much is given, much is required. This grandiose mentality that you have has led you to a place of utter frustration. You underestimate what greatness costs. This is a dangerous thing. You don't seek to keep up, advance your skills, study or work out. You don't seek to maintain the relationship, keep it spicy and interesting. You think I got that on lock. You do not have that on lock. You have, come on, come on, come on. You never, you never have it on lock. You don't have your husband on lock. You don't have your wife on lock. You don't have your career on lock. You don't have your child on lock. You don't have your mama on lock. You don't ever have anything on lock. That's why you gotta celebrate people while you have them. You have to love them while you got them. You gotta pour into them while they're there. You don't have it on lock. Somebody is after your job right now. Somebody's after your spouse right now. Somebody's after your house right now. Somebody's after your position right now. Never fall into complacency and think that you are so wonderful that you're just being there is all that's required. No, 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 no. Complacency will not do it. You have got to put some grind in it, some sweat into it, some work into it. That's why you don't need too many it's. Because every it you take on is going to take something from you. It's going to give something to you, but it's going to take something from you. And there may not be enough of you to handle all the places you said yes to. And you've got to be able to evaluate. Am I a pint, am I a pint size container with a gallon size appetite?
what a powerful, powerful word from none other than Bishop T.D. Jakes, again, one of the leading voices of spirituality, empowerment, and motivation, uh, and so happy to be able to share this thought dealing with life and purpose right here on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Again, shouts out to our good friend, best-selling author, speaker, and entrepreneur, Tam R. Luck, for being with us on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, the boss-up edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Uh, If you're interested in taking advantage of any of uh, the uh, books or uh, purchases, Again, shouts out to our good friend, best-selling author, speaker, and entrepreneur, Tam R. Luck, for being with us on the Boss Up edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. If you're interested in purchasing any of her books or being a part of uh, the summit that she has coming up, you can visit www.deluxelifemedia.com. That's deluxe with a C, uh, lifemedia.com, deluxe, D-E-L-U-C-S, lifemedia.com, or go to Core Message blueprint.com core message blueprint.com there you'll be able to purchase her books sign up for her summit that she has coming up and much more thank you again tam for being with us on this week's edition of the thinking out loud radio show and thank you uh, for tuning in to this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you for taking time out of your day to spend it with us. Shouts out to all of our new listeners. We thank you. Uh, if this is the first time or this is or you are a regular uh, listener, day one listener of uh, the Thinking Out Loud radio show, we appreciate you and love you to life. Uh, always uh, remember to check out our Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash thinking out loud HQ. We're going to make sure we post that article from the heel there we talked about in the, the earlier part of the show. Can Donald Trump be disqualified from running for president? We want to know what your thoughts are about that. Is that what the Democrats are up to? I want to know that from you. And uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TOL Radio Host MSN or the TOL Radio Show uh, at any one of those. And uh, we'll be happy to respond to any of the messages that you send us. Uh, also, uh, follow us again on uh, or, or our YouTube channel as well. Um, our YouTube channel is youtube.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud TV. Thinking Out Loud TV. Also, guys, next week, somebody say next week, it's going to be a awesome, awesome show talking politics with U.S. congressional candidate for the 13th district, uh, Martel Bivings. He is the Republican candidate for the U.S. congressional district. You're probably asking, well, why? Why is why are you interviewing the Republican candidate uh, for uh, the uh, 13th district uh, on next week's episode? Well, you got to tune in because I'm telling you this is going to be a show you do not 
not want to miss. A lot, of, a lot going on in the 13th district. Uh, the Democratic side is Sri Thanadar uh, running, uh, running for the 13th district. But on the Republican side, we have an African-American male, a uh, young man by the name of Martel Bivings. He is uh, the only African-American representative, uh, only African-American running for uh, or, or on the ballot at this point for the general election uh, and on both the Democrat and Republican side from the city of Detroit that has an opportunity to represent the 13th district and represent the city of Detroit in Congress. So you guys do not want to miss next week at next week's episode. The implications regarding his his run for Congress is magnanimous. If he does not win, then in essence, we will not have a black representative from the city of Detroit in the U.S. Congress. And this is abysmal, guys. There's a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss and unpack regarding uh, the primary election and the general election. We're going to be doing that in next week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. You do not want to miss it. U.S. Congressional candidate Martel Bivings is our guest uh, on the Republican side representing the 13th district. So guys, tune in. Make sure you do not miss next week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Again, I hope you enjoyed this week's show. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Your support helps us to increase our exposure across the world wide web. Well, guys, we're getting ready to get out of here. But always remember, if you think it, you can believe it. If you can believe it, you can see it. If you can see it, you can be it. The power rests within you. Your mind is the most powerful muscle in your body. Use what you got to get what you want. The power is in you. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thank you for listening. to subscribe to the podcast to get more info about the show and the ministry visit michaelnemons.com want to book radio host michael nemons for your next special event send an email to contact at michaelnemons.com tune in every tuesday at 8 p.m for the thinking out loud radio show giving voice to issues that matter to you